On this episode of the Hyperfast Asian Podcast, we are joined by Randy Bird from Birdhouse Developments. Listen in as Randy presents at the Hyperfast Hangover event. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Hyperfast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyperfast. And now, here are your hosts, Kerry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Kerry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. And now, get ready to grow hyperfast. All right, Randy, without further ado, I'm so excited to introduce you. Will you just give our audience a quick overview about you? You know, I, I am, uh, I'm, just, I'm just a regular guy. I'm just like everybody else, right? I've been in the real estate business 18 years and was trying to figure it out, to figure it out, to figure it out, and just throwing shotgun blasts at the wall and trying to figure out what would stick. And then eventually got into coaching, which was uh, about, you know, probably 10 years ago, I got into following coaching and then finally paid coaching and then coached through a, a national franchise, Keller Williams as a team leader. And then with Tom Ferry, uh, which was amazing, really elevated my understanding of that coaching relationship. And frankly, just learned the foundational principles, which some of the things I want to talk about today are to, to try and add value to you. And I really appreciate you and Dan putting this together and inviting me. I'm very humbled to be in your presence and, and contribute in some way. Been a broker for 18 years had a had a pretty significant sized team. Uh, really, you know, the number one thing takeaway for me in, in real estate has been leverage. And I know Dan mentioned that. But for me, I'm just really, really passionate about helping build people through this business. Um, I've been a general contractor for 25 years and then got into real estate strictly just out of greed. Honestly, I was like building a house for seven months or whatever, and then going to sell it, making a 50, 60, $70,000 profit hire an agent. She sells it in 48 hours, makes 27 grand. And I'm like, I could do that. That's, <laughs> that's so easy. Why am I, why am I busting my ass for all this time? You know? So, and, and, and then honestly, just totally loved real estate from day one. I was running scared when I get into real estate, it was strictly just absolute fear. Cause we moved areas three hours away from Napa up to Reading. And I just started brand new with the largest office, Cole Banker. And I didn't know any better. So I was just like, give me everything you got up desk, you know, where's the training material and, you know, true story. They go, Oh, all the trainings upstairs in this cabinet. And this is not a bash on Cole banker or anybody else. This is just my, my experience. But I opened this metal cabinet. And it was like the dead sea scrolls. It's like, <laughs> you know, there's dust on everything. And, and I pulled out Floyd Wickman's sweat hogs. That's just what struck out to me. I didn't know anything about anything. And it said to call a hundred people a day until you make an appointment period. And so I did that. And everybody walked through the office, giving me a bad time. Oh, Randy's calling everybody, you know, on the phone again. And then do not disturb came in and all these, all these things, but I just didn't know any better. But what it did, it was, it gave me that foundation to just do the daily activities in my business. And I didn't even know I was building that trait until many years later, but um, had a lot of success. May I ask you a question? Yes. What do you think gave you the discipline and the confidence that it would work? Right. Like you, cause you had to keep grinding it out. You had to know, okay, this is, this is a snowball effect. This is going to work at some point. And I think a lot of people logically know if I keep making calls, it'll work, but something stops them. Right. So what kept you going? 
I, that's a great question. I didn't know the answer. At the time, I was just scared, honestly, because I was used to making a couple hundred thousand bucks as a contractor, and I was in a brand new area, and I knew nobody. When I say nobody, I knew three people and two I was related to, right? So I had to do the tough work, and I didn't know I was having these breakthroughs until later in the coaching you know, environment, you start learning that. But I was just, I was just absolutely flat determined in the beginning not to fail. And um, so for me, I didn't, I didn't really have the foresight to think about I was doing things correctly. I just emulated people like you. I mean, you know, when I, when I started attracting to who I wanted to be like, that was really the game changer for my business. You know, Josh Barker, number one Remax agent in the state of California. He was one of my early guys I looked up to. And and he was a Mike Ferry coach at the time. So he was just in coaching and and it was just whatever he's doing, I'm going to do. And he was calling from a nine to 11 every day. So I did that. Nice. And then Keller Williams reinforced that with a power hour. And then it, it just, that's built to that. But to this day, uh, in my coaching uh, environment and envelope, I get back to the fundamentals, right? I get back to the foundational stuff. And I'll deal with clients that have a million and a half dollar a year GCI. And I'm like, that's awesome, but let's break it down. What foundationally, what are you doing every single day? Yeah. So for me, that's that's really what kind of made that part of my moral fiber, if you will, of real estate is, is that daily activity. Well, and I think for the people who are watching right now, a lot of them, they may have a sphere of influence. They may have past clients. But the question that keeps them up at night is, how do I build this fast enough to make up for a little bit of lost time, right? So if you were giving them advice about the daily fundamentals and how to structure what they're doing every day, what would be your advice? Another great question. You know, one of the things that we've been looking at through the pivot and the shift, there's a lot of big, big acronyms being used right now. But, you know, and I wrote down a couple notes, but for me, it was the, you know, you have the the main things in your business, which is number one, watching your numbers, not not just thinking, you know, your numbers, but knowing your numbers to the T and then dominating a niche. That's something in a shifting market that could be very valuable for them. Um, Evangelize your clients. You know, I use that a lot. Evangelizing your clients means having raving fans that they will defend you against the wolves that are coming, whether it's the Zillows or the other agents or whatever it is. And then, um, you know, quite frankly, business intelligence. So these are the four categories that I focus on. And, you know, I love what Dan said in the beginning, decide if you're going to expand or contract. Job number one, brilliantly said, adapt your tactics. Critical. If you're not embracing the virtual side of things, which you showed some amazing numbers that kind of gave me goosebumps about an increase in business and sim- simplifying the process possibly through this, right? Mm-hmm. We get to do virtual presentations, not drive 45 minutes both directions, but but really understanding these four core principles. And then what Dan said in the end was develop more relationships. So that gets back to my evangelizing your clients. And, and not just... Um, being self-serving to you when you call them, you know, it's always difficult when, when I want to get to business, when I talk to them and I'm an ADD fast paced guy. So I do most of my client calls when I'm on the road, because I don't feel like I'm rushed to get off the phone. Right. So whenever I drive to Reading, it's five hours and I'm up in Corvallis, Oregon. That's when I want to make those 10, 20, 30 phone call connections. Cause I could talk forever and they love it, but really leading with that, Hey, I want to have a business conversation about, uh, you know, I want to have a business conversation with you, but I want to, I want to find out how you are. So you're not talking for 10 or 15 minutes about their kids and family and dog and then go, Oh, by the way, 
What I really wanted was this. Yeah, completely. I like that. That's an interesting spin. So if you guys, um, when you're making, because I talk to my agents all the time about this, when you're making the client calls, there's a piece of you that you feel almost selfish about it, but they actually like, think about it for a minute. You've played a major part in their life, right? You understand all of their finances. You understand everything that was important to them in a home. Like there's a lot to that, right? So for you to then go from having that depth of relationship to not being in touch is, is weird. But for you to call and only ask about getting referrals, like some Mm -hmm. of the programs are like, get right to business. I'm like, no, no. But I love the idea of leading with, Hey, I want to have a business conversation, but I want to check in first. Like that's, yeah, I care about you. I want to, you know, leading with that, because if you're going to talk for five or 10 minutes, and then switch to a need that you have, you're going to be outed. It's just, they're going to know what the real intent of the call was. It doesn't feel authentic. Correct. And so I think you could lead with, lead with authenticity by saying, hey, I really, I'm working. I want to have a business conversation with you. But before that, I really do want to know what you're doing, what's going on, what, what, you know, family, occupation, recreation, message, whatever it is that you want to follow um, in a cadence. But I find that that's really valuable. And, you know, Carrie, in this time, and I think we talked about it a little bit, but I've got a couple of clients I've been coaching into having these deeper conversations. And they're like, Randy, this client kept me on the line for an hour. And I'm like, man, you probably built an incredible relationship if they talked to you for an hour. Yeah. So if you, if you followed that process of caring about them before your own needs, you're probably really building a forged relationship with them that is now going to pay you dividends for life. And, you know, not a lot of agents put that together, especially our personality types. You know, we want to, you know, um, at least I'm speaking for myself. But I think there's there's just a lot of value in that, especially as we switch to maybe a more hands-off environment, again, that, that Dan mentioned. You could lose touch with that non-face-to-face and non-meeting you know meeting people uh, arm-in-arm, if you will. But you could also embrace that and, and you know double down on that relationship by your language, by your powerful questions, by your mm-hmm. you know care for them. And, and uh, really digging down into what their needs are. Because as you know, and you're an absolute pro at this, and I've had that experience of watching your, the way you articulate and speak to your people, is those great questions become, you become the servient leader that is the value and power, right? By asking those powerful questions. And, um, you know, one of my, my coach, Bill Pipes, um, with Tom Ferry, He had me calling my generals, my leaders in my organization, and just asking them, how am I doing? I need your honest answer. How am I doing on a scale of one to 10? There's no wrong answer, but I need to know how I'm serving you. What can I do better? What do I do great? Is there anything I'm not providing you? And how often should I have this communication with you so you feel completely loved, supported, and and led? And um, it's been mind-blowing. You know, uh, I, I've had these conversations with people now and our relationship just doubles literally after that five, 10, 15 minute conversation. And think about the power now, if you can actually put that into play in really your organization at, at a high level, it's, it's just, that's, that's the stuff that makes me, you know, go around. Completely. Hey, hold that thought for a minute. Do you want to take your real estate business to the next level? If you do, 
there's no reason to go it alone. Learn from people who've been where you want to go. Carrie and I have sold billions of dollars in real estate. We've netted over seven figures for seven years in a row now. And we want to see if you would be a good fit to work for us. We don't work with a lot of people, but we want to give you a chance to get on a free strategy call to see if we can help you get your business to the next level. Go to hyperfastcoach.com and apply for your discovery session today. Again, that's hyperfastcoach.com. You know, one thing that stood out to me as you're talking about really leading and the level of care, right? When you develop a deep relationship with your client, I always teach my agents, it's not just about finding them a house. It's about making them have a better life, right? And so when you ask the deeper questions because you care that much, the level of the, the depth of your relationship and the follow-up conversations are so different because you're not just an agent. You're somebody who cared deeper than that. Oh, right. Oh, totally. I know that when I just had a call recently and the day before a client's father uh, passed away, she called me and she said, I know this is coming and I'm going to need you. Mm-hmm. Right. And she wasn't saying I'm going to need you emotionally but there's, it wasn't a mistake that she called me before it even happened because she knew that the world was going to change really fast for her. Right. So I'm honored to be in a situation where people make those phone calls. And I feel like as agents, we are really busy. So part of that is structuring your day. So you do have some time to lean into those moments that people have. Highest and best use, you know, we we look at what our highest and best use is and, and agents look at prospecting and all this stuff as their highest and best use, but you did all that to get a client. So if you abandon said client, you have to do it again. And then that's that hamster wheel that many agents, you know, move down. Mm-hmm. What I love about what you said to me, I, I interpret that as building trust because trust will create predictability in your business. If, if you could say without without exception, let's just say the average agent has 100 people they know in their sphere and, and their client base and, and their past clients, whatever. And that's a small number for a lot. It's two, 300, whatever. But let's say it's 100. If you had 100% trust in your abilities and the fact if they had trust in your abilities, the fact that you're going to be available, the fact that you're going to have their best interest in mind, 100% trust, you'd have 100% customer base. And so when you get that trust built into your clients through action, servitude, you know, responsiveness, all these things, it creates predictability in your business. So then we can mathematically say, I have this many clients, this is going to create this much traction and volume, and it's going to create this much referral business that's going to create this much blah, 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 right? So I don't have to tell you you guys, you guys are, you know, number one in the universe or whatever, but... (laughs) Can I put you on the spot and ask a question? And I don't know what the answer is. So I'll just say that first. So if you don't know, it's okay. Okay. Um, How many referrals on average, if you have those hundred relationships, how many referrals do you believe that, that agents out there should be getting from those hundred relationships? I don't know that answer, but I do think it's a manipulated answer. So if, if you have just a, a massive amount of trust, that alone could create, let's just say it's X, meaning it's 30%, right? Let's just say that, for example. If you have powerful language that is building the um, expectation of your client relationship to you, meaning that you're saying, hey, you know, hopefully I provided you a level 10 service. If you did, I would love your referrals because then I can help another party like we were able to help you and we can expand on this universe of clients that we're able to serve. 
And if you work on those scripts and dialogues in a way that feels congruent, you know, authentic, I think you could double that and triple that. And I personally know some numbers from top clients and top agents that I'm familiar with. Um, I have one, one particular client that did 700 plus transactions last year, and he directly attributed over 350 of those transactions from a direct referral past client. So that's 50% of his business is from direct referral past clients. That's not an interview. That's a pick up the phone and say, absolutely, we'd be happy to help you. You know, it may, may have some interview qualities, but that versus a cold call or a, a one hour listing appointment, trying to dog and pony show what your value proposition is, is significantly different. So great question. I don't know the answer specifically, but you know, no, that's helpful. I think it's possible. We have um, one coaching client that their entire business is by referral. And it's interesting watching her, and I hope she's listening right now, uh, Lana Rodriguez, watching her deal with COVID. Um, one of the first things she did when she saw it coming, she went to Costco and bought like 300 pizzas and her entire team delivered them. She was on the panel with us, right? And then she gifted during COVID, like she goes deep into the relationship and I watch the impact of that. And so I feel like our team does a really exceptional job with that and everybody approaches it a little differently. But if you don't have a system set up, oh yeah, someone's saying yay, Lana Rodriguez. Agree. Thanks, Um, If you don't have a system set up for the frequency in which you gift, then Lana, like two months later, did drive-through tacos for my I know, she's she's a beast. I mean, I'm like, this is It's so brilliant. And she, that's like in her being, right? That's something that she wants to do to be congruent with who she is. And so I'm not telling everybody listening right now, you should go out and do exactly what Lana's doing. What I'm saying is you have to find what works for you. For us, we do four client events a year that are huge events. And then we do some like happy hours and smaller, more intimate events as well. And that mix creates consistent referrals. And whenever there's a crisis like this, our referrals go way up because people want to take care of their loved ones, their coworkers, their friends. And what do you think is the biggest reason that they don't refer? I'm just curious. Like they, they might um, like you, but they might not refer. Why do you think that is? So what I, what I hear and what I see is lack of communication, you know, mm-hmm. in the absence of communication, uh, stories are created and upsets occur. So when, when agents are, are assuming that we're a 10, when they're assuming that we're good and all of a sudden they list with somebody else, they're offended, they're pissed, they're all these emotions come up. And as a coach, I always ask the question, did you provide a level 10 follow-up? Because if you did, then it's on them. But if you were a six, four, five, three, seven, whatever it is, then it's on you, right? Oh, completely. And the follow-up, I, I agree with you. Absolutely. That's a critical, critical piece. I see on, if anyone is on lab code agents, sometimes I have to just log off because I'll see someone like, I can't believe it. This client did this. And it's like, so personal, this client did this to me. They hired someone else. Right. It's like, well, wait a minute. I haven't had 10 months, but okay. You know, or I haven't talked to them in 10 years, but they loved me 10 years ago. It's like, okay. I sold them their house. How dare they? That. Mm-hmm. 
right? Yeah. And what I love is when I call expireds and different things, or I call, you know, somebody and they're, they're like, oh, I love my client, my agent. I go, awesome. What's their name? It's, it's uh, Bill, I think. Awesome. What's Bill's last name? Mm, not really, not really sure Bill's last name. What company's with? I don't know. That means Bill doesn't have a relationship with them, right? Completely. And, and so I just, I want them to say, my agent's Lana Rodriguez. She bought pizzas for me a month ago. You have no chance on this planet. I love hearing that, frankly, from a from a realtor's perspective. And by the way, I love Lana um, watching her do pizzas, you know. And so I ask you on the show right now, as you're listening to this, she bought 300 pizzas at Costco and delivered to clients. What story is in your head right now? Are you creating a story that is like, wow, that's unbelievable? So you're living with the cup half full, or are you going? oh my gosh, that pizza is going to be cold by the time it gets there. Or that seems like a cheesy gift. Or that seems like who would do that? What about if they're vegetarian? What about if they're allergic to dairy? Are the, is that your stories? Or are you doing something of servitude to them that doesn't matter if they ever touch that pizza? That The effort is still there. That's what I loved about that. And I'm human being. I have that immediate drunk monkey in my head going, pizzas, pizzas. And then I was like, brilliant right? Because she took action. She did something, 300 pizzas. That's no joke, right? And so I loved when she did that. And it goes way deeper with Lana. She, you know, does little personal gifts and things that are uh, very thoughtful. And, um, you know, again, uh, Laura Jalot that was on the call with us as well here in Oregon. She's just an absolute beast as well. Um, You know, I've seen her at Costco multiple times with literally carts full of Cuisinart and different, different things for her clients. It's just always looking out for their that relationship and giving to them, not expecting in return, but truly giving in a place of servitude. And I think Absolutely. that's what sets apart the great from the good. I totally agree with you. We do have a question from one of the panelists here. Sure. The question that Chap is asking uh, is, is what do you say to people who have a friend who's a realtor um, that say, I plan to use that friend? That's a great one. So I always lead with respect of the other agent, but then I try to get the job, right? So it's just, that's just how it is, right? I'm competitive, like weirdly competitive. Like I want to crush my seven-year-old in basketball only because I want him to learn that, you know, second place is not, not cool. But so being weirdly competitive, I will say, you know, again, and I'll do it for real. I'll say, Hey, Carrie, I appreciate the fact that you have a friend in real estate. What's their first and last name? Right. And then if they if they're able to say, hey, this is like one of my best friends, he's on my basketball team. Have you ever sold properties with them? I'm trying to validate if they're really just kind of they know somebody or or do they really have a, a relationship? Right. If they go, listen, this guy sold 10 homes for us. He's my cousin's husband. I probably will let that let that have rest. Or I will say, hey, you know what? He's Bill sounds like an amazing agent. Can I just compete for your business with Bill? Let us both run down the treadmill with you, show you our value, and may the best man or women woman win. And I'm okay with that decision. If it ends up being Bill, that's totally fine. But what I find in my experience, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, that most people have friends or family that are real estate agents, and they feel some kind of need to use them. But there's a lot of sensitive information, a lot of sense of financial information. They don't always want to share with something, somebody close to them. It may bring value to you to use somebody that's unattached to that. And then God forbid, if it goes bad, that makes it even a more awkward situation. But let me ask you this. Would it help you if I paid them a referral fee to bring them in the loop financially, but be able to handle you, you know, 
once removed from that kind of intimate relationship in your maybe biggest financial transaction? Would that be a value to you? Yeah, I love the turn at the end. My favorite thing to do, and I've had, I actually had a grown man cry when he was signing the listing agreement, like sobbing, <laughs> because I said, he was like, listen, I just want to be up front when I got there. He, he's like, I, I just want to be up front. My best friend is a real estate agent. And so I'm probably not going to hire you. And I said, okay, I completely understand. You know, I'm really thankful for the opportunity. We went through the conversation and I said, um, when I got to the close, I said, listen, I don't think he would have had me here today. If you felt a hundred percent confident, he was the right person to help with the biggest financial transaction of your life. Am I right? And he goes, I feel like it's not fair to my wife. Mm. And I said, well, what I can tell you is, um, and I like to give a reason. So I said, because I do guarantees. When you're telling your best friend that you've decided to hire me, here's how I want you to say it. Mm. I want you to say, Carrie is willing to work for free if she can't get me my price. And I didn't feel it was fair to ask you to work for free. Mm. And he's like, oh. That gave me goosebumps. And so as you're watching this, if you internalize that, correctly in that powerful statement and question. I love that. It's because they don't know how to say it or what to do. And it's very awkward. Another story on that note, I was doing a live webinar the other day and the person that I was, was hosting the webinar is someone I met through a sales organization I'm a part of. And I was the speaker and I joined and it was the leader of the, the CEO of the organization and the woman who runs the women in sales division, right? And they didn't know I was there and they were talking about me. And so it was one of those situations where it was a little uncomfortable. And she was saying, I have two very close friends that are real estate agents. And I just engaged the Carrie Scholl team. It was so uncomfortable for me to tell my friends I didn't choose them. So I'm listening and I'm like, hey guys, I'm here. Hey guys, I'm because I'm thinking, oh man, this is yeah, going to get bad. <laughs> yeah, they're going to start like, he's going to start asking her questions and then I'm right. listening and this is, right. but it, what it came down to is we just always focus on how we're different than the friends, right? And so I think a lot of agents get uncomfortable and they, I don't get uncomfortable because I know it's the best decision for them to make and it supports their financial interests, which also supports the longevity of their relationship with their family member. Because it's going to erode if their family member is not doing a lot of business. And I would always, if it's a buy side, I handle it a little differently because it's not the guarantee necessarily. Although we do guarantee we'll buy it back. I say something like, listen, if you go down this road and it goes badly, like, I'm assuming Frank, your brother, cares more about your relationship than doing this transaction together, right? Yeah. They have to say yes to that. And if they say no, well, then you have a bigger problem. True, true, true. You know, it's so, it's so true. And I think if you just, if you handle it with that kind of compassion for them, and then I always say, hey, what about if I give Frank like a two-week head start on everybody else? Because we've got a couple weeks of marketing and pre-stuff. I always give them the opportunity to be that agent because it pays the exact same, right? Right. So then you have both opportunities. But 
Um, you know, yep. the reality is just stand in integrity with what your value proposition is and having them weigh that and then asking those powerful questions. You know, have you thought forward enough to where if this does go sideways and it comes to a point to where maybe you guys aren't on the same page, how do you think that relationship's going to be impacted and how do you get by that? So let's just forward pace and say you do have an issue where he's like, you're dumb. You should take 300. And you're like, my number's 320. Or there's some repair thing that you just don't see eye to eye on, which happens in this business. How are you going to handle that situation? And I've had people just go, ah, oh, I never thought about that. I can't work with him. I mean, literally, they just went. Yeah, I love that because it puts it, it future paces it and it puts them in that point of decision when they're feeling that uncertainty. Yes. And it would be very uncomfortable with a family member. So I yeah. love that. We are out of time. I would love to ask you one final question. Um, If you were to leave the people listening today with one tactical thing that they could do to really come out of this stronger than they came in, what would that be? Well, there's so many things. And I'll be honest, Dan Dan already said it, so it may, may, may sound redundant, but it's the mindset is absolutely critical now because... What Einstein said, one of the most important questions any man or woman, and I edited that, but one of the most important questions any man or woman can decide is, do we believe we live in a friendly or hostile universe? And to me, that is the holy grail to everything. It gives me goosebumps to say it because you're either half half full or half, half empty. I don't care what else is going on. And in this time, and I'm human like everybody else. I got caught up in the in the Fox, CNN, what was going on in the world. And, and a lot of the reasons we got together on the show was because of that, wanting to deliver content to help agents through that. And I think we did have an impact. It's control the information going out because it shows on the outside. If you're If you're not controlling the information that's going inside to protect your mindset and to preserve your positive outlook of opportunity, because there's a killer amount of opportunity coming up. You mentioned few, but if you're not controlling that, you will fall susceptible to the other side. So you got the the primal brain, which is to protect you, and it's meant to be there for a reason, fight or flight, all that stuff. You have the powerful brain. You can't be in both at the same time. That's the Mm -hmm. the holy grail for me is I get caught up in that. It's squirrel, you know, and all of a sudden something scares me, fearful. It's a report. (laughs) It's my stocks. And then I have to get back to the power side of future hope, optimism. That is where the power lies. So that's it. I love it. Well, Randy, Randy we did. Um, oh, sorry, we we did have more uh, questions for you. So bef- before you sign off, and this has been great. So thank you, thank you. Uh, do you want to give people a way to to reach out to you in case they want to ask you a question directly or? Absolutely. You could you could reach me by uh, randybird.tv and it's with a Y. So R-A-N-D-Y-B-Y-R-D.tv. And I'm happy to answer anything. Um, obviously, just Google me. I'm, you know, I'm a little harder to find than Carrie because she's like, you know, universe and then Randy's over there. But anyway, I, listen, I really appreciate you guys. I'm honored to be here. Uh, Dan and Carrie, thank you for having me. And any way I can uh, value and add, add, you know, support and, and help to anybody. I mean, that's what we're all here for. So thank you for having me today. Thank you, Randy. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyperfat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyperfat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests, improve our shows, and give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.